Good evening. Let's try this again. Good evening. Very good, very good. Let me start off with this. It's important, and I want you to understand this, especially as young people. The time that you spend with the Word is the most important time of the day. The time that you spend with God, the intimate relationship that you have with Him, is extremely important. If you don't leave with anything else this evening, understand who God is and who you are. Understand that he is God. He is able. He doesn't need our assistance. We are here, here to praise and honor him in his glory, in his majesty. The things that we see in the world, that we see from television and computers, has sped up your maturity level. So I don't think it's presumptuous for me to get up here and to tell you that God is real. He is still in the blessing list and he desires your heart. He wants to use you. Every one of you have a special gift within you. Others may be drawn in. So when they ask you the question, what is different about you? That experience that you had, how did you navigate through that? You don't give them yourself. You give them Christ. It's extremely important for you to understand that immediately. Now, you possess great power. Matthew chapter 5. I'm, I'm, many of us have already heard about the Sermon on the Mount. At our church, at Shallow Church in downtown Jacksonville, our pastor is leading us through the Beatitudes. I think it's extremely important to understand what God has to say to us through his word. So if you allow me, because I'm a BSF teacher, a Bible study fellowship teacher at our church as well as a deacon, and that's not to put a feather in my cap because I am broken just like everybody else. I am in charge, or I'm charged with going behind our pastor and teaching the sermon in which he preached, and that's a pretty daunting task. So I have to spend time studying, not only listening to this sermon, but also studying for myself. And there are some tidbits and some things that I want to share with you. And hopefully these things can help certain things come alive in your young life. So as you leave this building today, you're just simply better than what you were. Just being better than what you were. Um, let's start off with reading Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. And, and in fact, if you will indulge me right now, I'm actually going to start in verse 2, and then we'll get to verse 5, okay? 
But just follow along with me and please keep that up there. Thank you, sir. Starting at verse 3. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. A few years back, my last year coaching as the head coach here at Camden County High School football program, which was a blessing within itself, um, basically my back. When I went to the doctor, discovered years of weak wear and tear in the athletics, my L5 degenerative disc disease, onset of arthritis, made me fast approach. I had never been in a situation before where I couldn't do anything. I pressed through, we prayed and everything else, and we were able to get through the situation as far as in our home and as well as in my family. But this is something critical that happened with my coach. Of course, she was concerned about her father. Maybe not so much not today, but she was concerned about her dad. We had a conversation some months after I somewhat recovered and transitioning to my new position here as the athletic director. She made this comment to me. She said, Dad, you know, I was concerned about you, but I always thought of you as Superman because of what you do for Mom and myself, the family members at church and your job, your voice, like to go work out and things like that. And I always thought you were a superman. But I see that you're not. But I see that you're not. In that particular moment, I thought that was great speaking. Because what she did see in my moment of physical weakness was meekness. Because what she did hear was me praying as I was laying on the bed and I could not move. I would come home for practice, I would take pills to go to practice and everything else and just kind of fall out, if you will, on the bed and try to, you know, nurse my back. So even in the midst of my physical weakness, my meekness, there was strength. Because I think she understood who truly was the superman. It was God. It wasn't her father who she had held, I guess, in somewhat high esteem. Because now he's broken. In fact, mom's got to drive us around. I'm, I'm a big deal about driving. You know, I don't let ladies drive me. I, you're not going to drive. I'm going to drive. But that's just what it is. But she was able to see me in a posture where I was low, but yet I was still trusting in him. There were times during the evening where I would just simply cry out, Lord, have mercy. Take this cup from me because I was in that kind of pain. Here I am, macho as I can be, but yet, yet, I was humble. That's what true strength is. Our pastor mentioned something. 
And I want to read this to you. And I want to make sure I give him credit for it. Pride and arrogance are not the same. Arrogance is how you view or treat others. Pride is how you view yourself. Pride is the mother of arrogance. Pride is a problem we all have. We think we are more than what we are. The core problem, we think we are greater than we actually are. It is the iniquity, again, iniquity, the immoral and grossly unfair behavior that is within us. As I look at Matthew 5, verse 5, and if you allow me to work backwards, for they shall inherit the earth. They shall inherit the earth. Let's start on the back side of that. I think we all understand somewhat what the word inherit or inheritance is. But let's walk through it. I think it's important, not only for young, but old, to walk through things. When we see the word inherit, we think about receiving something. Now, is inheriting something something that you earn? No. It's a gift. It's a gift. Let me throw something else out to you. It's a little bit different than Christmas. With Christmas, you receive presents. Presents, they were presents. Presents right now. Presents, gifts are given to you right now. But when you inherit something, you didn't do anything to earn it. And also, usually somebody has to what? Die in order for you to earn something. So again, for they shall inherit the earth. So inherit the earth, the meek. I think the Bible is just what the Bible is, and it says just what it says. They shall inherit the earth. So someone has to give you the earth. And I think this was kind of what my daughter was alluding to. Daddy, I thought you were Superman, but I found that you're not. We think too much of ourselves, the earth. Because Genesis 1 and 1, says the earth was made and belongs to who? God. So this gift, or they shall inherit the earth, God is going to give this gift to the people who are able to inherit. Also, think about this. An inheritance, you cannot receive it if you're not in the family. In order to receive an inheritance, there is usually some kind of family relationship or some real intimate relationship with someone. You think about people reading wills and then being left something. You must be in the family in order to inherit. Now, we have an opportunity as believers, if I can make that assumption, we have already been indoctrinated.
adopted into the family. We are already in the family. We are elected. We are selected. We are in the family. So we have an opportunity to inherit the earth because we have committed our lives to him. If I can do that you have committed your life to Christ, that you have said, you of my Savior and you of my Lord, in my perfect imperfections, I will follow you. Now we have a proper perspective of who we are and who we need. I'm going to jump up just for a moment. Verse 1, Matthew 5. Just, just, I'm just going to read it. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. I love words. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. I love the language here of him going up on the mountain and the disciples coming to him. So now all eyes are raised, look, and listening to him. He's our father. And he loves us unconditionally. And all he desires us to do is to be obedient. There's a lot of noise in the world. There's a lot of noise. And they're going to tell you a lot of things. They're going to feed into our egos, into our machoisms, and they're going to give us a false sense of and what we will do is we'll start setting up little gods all around us and we'll start idolizing those things, our bank accounts, our presence, our athletic ability. We should have God there. And that's what we should be gazing our eyes upon. His glory, his face. That's where the strength comes. So here, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain and when he sat down, Having a proper perspective of who we are and who we is extremely, extremely important. Let me um, press forward. There's some misunderstandings about Christians. And I want to encourage you, especially with you being young and you matriculating through your school, be it middle school or high school, because the easy thing is for them to say that it's uncool that somehow being a Christian is not having fun. In fact, it is free. Because there's freedom in loving Christ. When you're walking in the world, you have to look over your shoulder. But when you walk with Christ, he lays the path smooth before you. When we pray and talk about the hedge of protection around us, it is for real. It surrounds us. We cannot worry and worship at the same time. We have to be in a constant movement of praise and glory. We have to walk in that light at all times. Being a Christian is not being sad. It does not mean that you're gloomy. It is not a life of misery, but it's a life of unspeakable joy. 
Difference between joy and happiness. Happy has to do with happening. Joy is internal. The Holy Spirit it takes residence in your heart. So no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what you're up against, you have joy because he resides in your heart. Being a Christian does not mean being happy all the time either. No one can generate their own happiness. You must be able to understand a lifetime of pursuing happiness will leave you empty. You will never find it. But if you rest yourself in the comforting hands of Jesus, he will give you comfort and he will give you I literally believe in the words, he will never leave me or forsake me. I can honestly say, even in my pain laying on the bed, he was with me, and he carried me through. So no matter what you're up against right now, whatever in your life that you're thinking is so terrible, it could be strife within your home, it could be something you're dealing with at your school, it could be something personal, Jesus can overcome all. He is able, and he is steadfast with his love. He is faithful. When you knock on his door, he won't be like a sleepy friend who gets out of the bed just because they're tired of hearing the knocking. He'll get out the, the bed eager to help you. I know we have friends here and peers and things of that nature. I couldn't love my daughter and care for her like I wanted to when I was laying on the bed, but she had Jesus. When I failed, my body was so tired. She had something for everyone to go to who would never be, who would comfort her. Maybe when she was in the room concerned or crying about the condition of her dad, he was able to comfort Christians should be sober-minded and serious people. But that doesn't mean that you can't have fun. A lot of people get caught up in Halloween, and I was so excited to see you all talk about Halloween in church. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't that deep as Halloween, you know? Now, be mindful, you know, we got the pandemic and everything. We can go out and trick-or-treat and do all those things that you're having a party and everything. <laughs> it's not that deep. When you, when you have Christ, we in the world make things so hard. And all he does is open up his arms and wants to receive us. A person's character reveals when you watch them laugh at certain things and find out what makes them cry. We'll find out who you are then. Everything is not funny. When we look at verse 4 there, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. When we talk about mourn, we're really talking about mourning about the sin that's in you. We use that a lot of times when we go to funerals and everything else, but the sin that's in you makes you mourn right. We're all guilty. We have all of us have things within us that we need to turn away right. We need to mourn about the sin. The world blesses the life of pleasure world does. 
the mighty. The world puts those things up on a pedestal. But blessed are the meek. The first two beatitudes, the first beatitudes are basically negative virtues. But this third one is more positive. These are some foundation character, foundational characteristics of being a child of heaven. Poor in spirit, mourning, okay, and meekness. Meekness is not something that is developed. It's not a personality. That's not what meekness is. Usually we think of the individual, the world does, the person is quiet or frail as being meek. But you can be strong and be meek. These verses build on each other. Meekness comes natural to those who are poor in spirit and mourn over their sin. We must understand that in order for you to be saved, you have to be meek. That is the road to salvation, is your meekness. Your meekness, despite living in this world and being up, even being saved, helps you to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because in meekness, we have to say that we're flawed and we're broken. And we have to be willing to accept that and walk with Christ. You must be meek to be saved. You must be meek to be like Christ. Meekness reflects gentleness. Gentleness and meekness can be synonymous with each other. Meekness is about you, God, and others. The proper attitude toward God reflected in the proper attitude towards other people. Treat others with care, concern, and compassion. And when they don't, even when they don't with care, concern, and compassion. Pray for your enemies. Help me, Jesus. Those that talk about you on Tweety Birds and Instagrams and, and all those things there, pray for them. Coach, how do you do that? I'm still working on that. But you do. That's where meekness is. Meekness is self-control. That's what meekness is. Being under the authority of God. When you can do something about it and satisfy your flesh, but you choose not to. You don't give the enemy energy. You don't give him a foothold. You let him walk on past. That takes time, and that takes growth. But it also shows you who do you trust. Do you trust God to go before you and fight your battle? Or do you want to handle your own business as the world would say? Meekness. I say to you this evening, it takes more to be still and to be quiet in the midst of the storm than to get caught up in it. The world tells you to fix it and fight it. You go handle it. That's what the world tells you. That doesn't mean that you're weak. 
if somebody's going to run over you. That doesn't mean that you don't need to be smart and be aware of your surroundings. But it does mean that you trust God when you don't turn search yourself into those situations. Trust God. Care, concern, and compassion. The people who are meek, we also understand, receive the blessing. The blessing is a gift you receive and not a reward that you earn. This is the nature of salvation. Do you understand the concept of being an inheritor? The inheritance. You inherit anything from the Heavenly Father, you must be born again. You're adopted into the family of God by faith in Jesus. However, someone always must die. We get the inheritance because of the death of the Savior, but we also get an inheritance through the death of the Savior. You must die and see Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I charge you this evening, as I leave this place, to take a new look at the word meek and take on a different perspective. Understand it as stature, outward strength, all of these things are great and look wonderful to the world, but true meekness adds strength. It takes courage and strength not to succumb to the ways of the world. Everybody bow their heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for the opportunity to come here collectively and worship you. We thank you so much for this opportunity within this church in Heavenly Father, where the Holy Spirit dwells, where he lives, for us to come together as one. Father, forgetting about the things of this world and understand those things are finite and fleeting. They will wither away, but you are eternal. Your values and statues, the Father, write them upon our hearts, our minds, the Heavenly Father. So we may carry them from this building when we encounter storms that we will know how to navigate through them, Heavenly Father, trusting in you. Help us to not lean upon our own understanding, but trust in you, not in just some, but all things. Father, we stretch our hands to thee. No other help that we know. Trusting in you. Seeing you. Believing in you. Praying for others. Father, we lift up our country to you. This time we lift up our leadership to Heavenly Father. Father, we just lift up this world to you, Father, because it's a fallen place. Father, but we know that your will shall be done in all things. So we already claim the victory, dear Heavenly Father, because we know what the end game is, dear Heavenly Father. Father, the harvest is there, the workers are few. So let us be workers, dear Heavenly Father, going out, sharing the good news, the gospel to others, so others may know your glory. Father, we want to have joy with us in all Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for the leadership of this house of worship, the staff members, Father. We pray over their families, Father, that their work is diligent. diligent. Let them continue to follow you, talking on you. Father, we love you. We thank you for every home that is represented and all the ones that want to come to their city. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.